Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about a question from a doctor who has a runner who's been running on a stress fracture for about two months. All right, now before I get started in this episode, I just want to let you know if you have a stress fracture and you're wondering what to do, I might have something that's really useful for you. It's the Metatarsal Stress Fracture Masterclass for Runners. And I'll explain more at the end of the episode, but you can check it out and you get it free at docontherun.com slash masterclass. Now let's cue up the theme song and we'll get straight into the episode. So the big question is this, how are runners like us who don't like hearing doctors say, just stop running, who know that we simply have to stay active, how do we heal in a way that lets us stay strong, maintain our running fitness and keep preparing for the next race and still heal without making the injury worse? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Dr. Christopher Segler, and welcome to the Doc on the Run podcast. All right, now I was just giving a talk at the International Foot and Ankle Foundation's 40th Annual Hawaii Seminar. This is where physicians like podiatrists and sports medicine doctors and foot and ankle surgeons go to get their continuing medical education credits every year as a component of their continuing education to keep learning and stay current on what's going on. Now, I was invited to give a lecture today on stress response, stress reaction, and stress fractures in athletes. And in this talk, I was basically trying to explain to physicians about why it is that I think we have to treat runners differently than normal patients, and we have to try to do something to accelerate their healing as quickly as possible while helping them maintain their running fitness. That's the big key. And at the end of the session... We got a couple of questions from the audience, and so I did a live Q&A where the physicians in the audience could ask me specific questions, and I have the audio recording of that, and I'm going to share that with you today because it's the actual answer that I gave to this physician who asked a question. Now, what she asked specifically was she said that she had a runner who had been basically running on a mild stress fracture, which I would really consider a stress reaction for a period of about two months, but wanted to do a race. And so her question was, what what would you do with this runner who's been running on a stress fracture that's not visible on the x-ray? It's really a stress reaction. She called it a stress fracture, but if you don't see it on the x-ray, it is a stress reaction. And she wanted to know that, you know, since it's relatively mild and the runner wants to run and actually do a race that they've been training for, but they've been losing their fitness and sort of dumbing down their runs and getting slower, running less and less and less, but they still want to train or do their race, what would I do? And so what I'm going to share with you now is the answer from that session. So the recording quality is not really that great. It's just an audio file, but I think it may be useful for you to hear my answer from that session. Check it out. Well, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, is, I assume you're talking about somebody who's trained and more or less has a stress reaction that doesn't really show up on your x-ray uh, and they've been kind of slowing down, doing less and less, but still want to race, even though they've basically been sort of incrementally losing their fitness. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Is that about right? Yes. Okay. So what I would do is tell them very clearly, you know, you have to make a decision based on your goals. And that I would obviously explain to them that it is possible if they do the event, even if we're appropriately offloading it and it feels better, there's a good chance that they could actually make it worse and, and crack it. Uh, so I explained to them, look, if this is extremely important, then it would be okay to do that if it's that important to you. But many times I saw someone yesterday who, same thing, he's got a stress fracture. It's uh, It didn't show up on the x-ray, uh, but he has a lot of swelling, a lot of pain. He has a half marathon in three weeks. And so this is, is you know, the guy that's more acute, but 
you know, he said, look, I really don't care that much about the half marathon. I'd rather get it better and be able to continue to train and do events that I do care about later on. So in his case, it was crutches for a few days, a boot, a boot to get him to calm down and then time to move on after that. And he'll just skip the half marathon. And he's conceded that that's a reasonable plan. When somebody has a, you know, once in a lifetime goal, like, you know, an Ironman or um, a marathon that they've qualified for that or New York or Chicago, something that's difficult to get into that they uh, do not want to miss. What I would do in general is say, look, if you really want to do the race, if you're a couple of weeks out, I would do a, a boot and I would do crutches to really let it at least progress as much as possible before the event and then offload them slightly, but not a lot. You don't want to use a modified metatarsal pad because it might break one of the other metatarsals. So I would try to remove a little bit of the pressure by offloading them with some thin padding or a modified insert uh, just to reduce a little bit of the pressure, but really tell them you need to stay off of it. What's good with those long endurance athletes that are more prone to these anyway is that they have to taper before the events. If uh, For an Ironman, it's pretty standard to taper for three weeks. And so most of the time, it's about four weeks when this happens to them. And it's a fairly easy sell to them because you can say, well, look, you're supposed to taper for three weeks anyway. So it's just going to be a four-week taper and you'll do fine as long as you really respect the fact that you have this injury and you do not try to run on it while you're tapering. And if they use that first part of the period to really immobilize or use a fractured walking boot or crutches, then that will really go a long way to helping them. And then I explained to them, say, look, if you, if you don't have pain when you start running, then continue to run. And if it starts to hurt, you know, try to walk and see if you can still finish your event. And for many of them, that is sufficient uh, and they'll go with that plan. But of course, as mentioned, it's really important to make sure that you document that you are explaining the risk to them that they could develop into a fracture. But again, I've been doing that for more than 10 years and haven't had one break yet. Now listen, if you really want to understand how bad your stress fracture really is, you have to understand the different forms of stress fractures. And this is something I teach to you in the Stress Fracture Masterclass. Now, it's free. You can go sign up. It's at docontherun.com slash stressfracturemasterclass, all one word. And in this session, I'm going to teach you the differences between stress response, stress reaction, and stress fractures, and what all of those different stages really mean to a recovering runner who wants to run and maintain your running fitness while recovering. So just go to docontherun.com slash stressfracturemasterclass and sign up now.